Welcome, yes, welcome to another episode of Thoughts of a Techno Wizard, Techno Shaman, uh, Techno Anarchist, Anarcho Futurist, all that cool jazz and other things too. It is Thursday, February 1st, 2024. I forgot to say the time. 530 <laughs> uh, February 1st oh my gosh uh, I will say I'm sorry but I am but it doesn't really matter because I it still doesn't change the fact that I've missed two fucking months two whole months sorry for my language I guess I don't know maybe um, but it's been two whole months since the last episode I think when I was looking out here is December 1st which is crazy because I thought I did something for New Year's but I guess not <laughs> um, it's been it's been a, it's been a wild month couple months I, 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 I'll say that um, and I'll try to recount what I've been up to what I've been thinking um, and what I am planning to do for this year um, quite honestly, the biggest reason I haven't done an episode is because I've been procrastinating. <laughs> I've been addicted to this, this, uh, The Wandering Inn, which, which is a book I've talked about before. And also because it's been cold. And, uh, you know, you know, I hate the cold. I don't like the cold. I don't like walking in the cold. And, uh, for a couple weeks there, it's been, like, brutally cold, you know. It was some some weeks where it was freaking 14 degrees out here, you know, Fahrenheit. Um, and that's that's here in Georgia where, you know, we don't get cold a whole lot, a whole lot very often. So uh, it was very, very terrible. Um, and then some other stuff. I've been sick. I actually got sick for the first time in like three four five years or so i don't know it's been a long time i rarely ever get sick um especially not that level of sick like sometimes every now and then in every couple of months or so i might get like a little sniffle i mean not no i get sniffles all the time of course like when you wake up in the morning your nose is stuffed or something like that but like every couple of months i might get like a like a, a ghost of a cough or something like that <laughs> um or like my biggest ailments nowadays be like it's like gas, indigestion, acid reflux a little bit because I'm I'm getting old and be turning thirty this year. It's not really old, but it feels old sometimes. And at the same time, it doesn't. <laughs> but I am aging, and uh, those indigestive issues I feel like are more common nowadays. Um, besides that, but yeah. Besides that, I, I there's I don't I just don't get sick often. I haven't gotten COVID yet. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, I probably shouldn't have said that because <laughs> funny like a it was in the beginning of the new year and we were talking about like um, like a whole bunch of people got sick you know after the holidays of course um, when we first when that when we first when we got back in the office and i was like oh yeah I, I avoided it you know i rarely ever get sick and lo and behold like the like the, literally the day after a couple of days after i got i got sick and it was it was pretty bad had um like phlegm in my throat for like two weeks it felt like you know to the point where i could I, my 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 voice like i'm constantly coughing and trying to get the phlegm out and stuff like that it wasn't COVID. 
Uh, I don't know what it was. Probably some type of flu or something. I don't know. But, yeah, that was my beginning. I started at the beginning of the year with that sickness. That once in a half a decade sickness. Um, so that was not fun. And then... Um, yeah, but most for most of this first most of this month and the latter half of last month, I've just been like dealing with the code, reading, um, and dealing with family stuff. There's been a lot of family stuff going on, so I think I mentioned this before. Yeah, yeah, I did because I did a whole venting thing about it. My grandfather, you know, um, has cancer, so been dealing with all that, um, but. Uh, on the I guess positive side of that, we did a huge birthday for him. So he turned 80 uh, this this past weekend, this past Sunday, um, and we did. Well, his birthday was in like Thursday or something like that. But yeah, um, we did a big birthday for his 80th birthday, and we had a whole bunch of people coming in town. Like so, the first couple of weeks, really of January, uh, especially in the last week or so, uh, had a lot of people coming coming into town, a lot of family. Um, and it felt like a reunion. It felt like a family reunion, uh, which we haven't had since, you know, a few years before the pandemic as well. So, yeah, it was it was really cool. It was really, really awesome to see so much family coming in. But it was also very stressful because, of course, my mom had to, you know, plan a whole event for her, herself and design everything and set everything up. <laughs> so there was, you know, stressful getting all that situated, um, you know driving my 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 grandmother around um i mean that's what she was doing i was still working and and trying not to you know um die with my sickness but (laughs) uh yeah also trying not to trying to help her not be too stressed out so yeah um that was a lot of the stuff there The, the all of that is like the viable excuses for why I haven't done an episode and why my my start to the year has been very rocky <laughs> right a lot of, a lot of stuff going on um the part that I honestly can't really justify but is one of the biggest reasons I haven't really done much is because I, I I've just been addicted reading the wandering in so most of this episode probably is going to be, be talking about the wandering in um just just <laughs> try and try and uh get something back from that <laughs> I, I even though i'm frustrated with myself with how much like I, I tend to like get get uh i don't know sequestered get get addicted to these sorts of things or get like into this sort of thing i don't really want to consider it time wasted because it was it's it's an enjoyable read you know it's a it's a great fucking freaking story and i don't know why i found myself cursing more nowadays sometimes remember at some point i used to like not curse at all just because i felt like that was kind of a weakness to curse because it was like there's so many there's so many words in the english language might as well use them you know (laughs) but at some point i was like you know what fuck it you know (laughs) those are words too you know and sometimes they are viable anyways that, that went on a little tangent for no reason but um this is why you listen to this right right <laughs> um yeah like it it doesn't feel like time wasted because it, it's a really good story it's a really phenomenal uh just just amazing piece of work 
and it is it, it inspires me it frustrates me it, it motivates me it, it saddens me it <laughs> you know brings me joy it's it's a whole roller coaster of emotions and and uh things like that that I feel when I'm reading that that uh story so yeah I'm going to get into more of that um but what else what else what else um Oh, doing a lot of community stuff. You know, my friends and everything like that. Hanging out with friends a lot. Um, over the over the uh, holiday break, over the New Year's, we did another, you know, kind of couple of days. Just spending time with each other. Um, that was pretty cool for the most part. Um, I felt like it could have been better if, we, if we'd have, if we had communicated <laughs> better. Um... That's a whole other story there. Uh, what else? I have been writing, actually. Um, I did release a guest post um, with Solar Punk Stories. And I've been working on the second part two to that, as well as my own newsletter. So that's pretty much done, honestly. <laughs> I probably can't release it. I probably will release it either today or tomorrow. Um... I, again, just because I've been procrastinating other stuff, I hadn't, I haven't spent a whole lot of time editing it. Well, that's a lie. I, I, spent, I actually spent a good amount of time editing it before I started all this reading. <laughs> so it probably is at a pretty good state, but I haven't looked at it in full this year. You know, it was pretty much ready last year, or at least you know, um, close enough to ready last year. But I should look at it. I want to look at it again. Uh, this year before I release it. How you doing? So probably gonna do that. Um, and I am very excited about that. When I was I was I was in a very productive state uh, prior to <laughs> starting this reading, uh, and during that state, I ended up like writing a whole like a whole plan for what I'm gonna write about this year. So I already have like I don't know probably at least at least. A dozen, I can't maybe not a full dozen, but like half a dozen article ideas, and even some concepts, like some outlines, as well as some other stuff I've been jotting down over the past couple of weeks. Um, so yeah, I do feel pretty confident about you know being able to kind of quote unquote make up for it <laughs> by just releasing a bunch of stuff. Something I do I do feel bad about those because I did want to spend more of this time. In the, in the latter half of December, in the beginning of January, um, creating and releasing YouTube videos. And I haven't done any of that. I haven't been, like, I want to learn a little bit of Blender or Unreal or something so I can put some, put some visuals out there, but I, I've done nothing of that. So I do feel bad about that. Um, so we'll see. We'll see if I get around to that. Let, let me not say that. I will get around to that because <laughs> I really want to do that. I, I find myself constantly, you know, dreaming of content. I don't want to say content, but like of the future I want to create, right? Like I want to visualize that. I want to show people those visuals. So, yeah, I am very excited about that. I've just been, again, procrastinating. So, <sighs> a little water break. Um, so, yeah. Let's get into the, the, the whole reason why I've been procrastinating all this time. Like I said, 
been reading a story on web fiction called The Wandering Inn. And I think I may have talked about it before, but I'll go ahead and just 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 recap the whole thing. Um, spoilers. There will be many, many, many spoilers. Because um, I don't know how... Well, I do know how to talk about this without it, so... Maybe, okay, for the first next minute or so, I'll try to just recap what this book is about without doing any spoilers. And then, if you're still interested, you know, you can log off and I'll, and I'll, the rest of the podcast will be mostly spoilers. <laughs> Probably. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Because there's, there's so much I want to talk about this in, in regards to this book. Um, and it, we'll see where it goes, okay? I'm, I'm, I keep <laughs> prologuing myself here. So, the wandering in, right? It is a story. It's a web fiction. So, for those that don't know, web fiction is simply a story that authors usually, you know, and in, in independent authors that you know they're self-published and all that other stuff. Um, they they're writing this story, and they usually release it on a on a regular frequency, usually on like a weekly or a monthly basis. Some artists, I mean, some uh, I mean they are artists, but some writers even released on a daily basis which is insane but uh <laughs> um these stories are very interesting there's you know a site called royal royal road um which has which you which has probably the biggest kind of collection of all these stories it's where a lot of writers a lot of people i should say go to write these stories and i say it like that because unfortunately there's a lot of this is a <laughs> a lot of people who aren't writers right like this is the first thing they've ever written before and so a lot of stuff there's there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff on there that that's not great quality right and all that is all this is to say that this book started on that site but has its own site now you can read the wandering in not on word road but on its own site called the wandering in.com whatever right and i say that because <laughs> that's usually indicates quality right usually um writers who who have started on War Road or at other sites? They get really, really good at it. Get very popular, um, and so they make a good amount of money. And because of that, they can spend way more time. They can basically be, have that become their full-time job of just writing this story. Sometimes even multiple stories. Like the, another writer I I, I, I talk about, um, Nexus, who has written um, uh. Um, the Monot Loop, which I've, I've talked about, as well as the Nothing Mage, and and uh, um, this quest is bullshit. You know, though that's another writer that's fantastic. Um, but yeah, this this writer is called Pirate Bay or Pirate Ab- Ab- Abba, Pirate something. I don't know. <laughs> um, no, it's, I think it's Pirate Ab- Abba. Now, where I get Pirate Bay? Well, probably just because the last few letters. But anyways, Pirate, right? Um, and. This story is is so fucking it's so insane, right? Because it's one of the longest stories I've ever read, right? Most most web fictions they release on a regular basis. Again, it might be daily, monthly, uh, weekly, or whatever. But usually they they have a certain amount, a certain word count that they're trying to get to, or you know something like that. Like their chapters, their releases might be you know a couple hundred words, right? Um, it's a good, good little solid chapter might be a, a couple thousand, right? This author, every single chapter they release is probably between fifteen thousand and thirty thousand words, right? That's a that's like a little novella with every chapter, <laughs> right? It's insane. And they have I'm currently on chapter eight or nine, 
and no, I, I should say volume eight or nine. Sorry, <laughs> volume eight or nine. I forget which one because I, again, I've been reading so so much. Um, and each volume has multiple chapters. It has like you know, a couple dozen chapters, uh, and each chapter is you know, like I said, thousands and thousands of of words. So it's, it's very long, right? Like it, it would take it takes me probably a solid hour hour and a half sometimes even two hours to read one chapter right it, it, it's it's insane all right um so all that is like the framework of how this book works um so what is the book about what is the thing about i probably should have relate with that but whatever <laughs> so this the wandering in is about it's essentially a isekai right it's a another another world and it's a, it's a it's also a sort of um, what you call a lit RPG, meaning there's RPG mechanics in the story. Um, meaning, you know, you have your stats and classes and all this other stuff. But and that 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 genre, those two genres, really have become super popular lately. But this this story probably predates most of those stories because again, it's fairly. Um, they've been doing this for quite a while now. Um, I don't even remember when they started. Probably 2014 or so. Maybe a little bit later, maybe a little earlier. I don't call, quite recall, but either way, um, yeah. For this one, it's, it's basically it's a guy RPG, but that that in itself doesn't really explain it. I'm trying to. How do you explain it without without uh, spoilers? I would say it's you know, yeah. Okay, so these people from Earth wake up and or or find themselves. I should say, find themselves. So people from Vanilla Earth, the Earth that you all, you know, we're all in, <laughs> you know, uh, find themselves suddenly in another world, in a, and what seems to be a fantasy world, right? Like there's 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 uh, all types of people. There's humanoids, but it's all types of humanoids mostly. But there's like, you know, your half elves. There is um, dwarves. There's um, lizard people. There's drakes. There's gnolls, which is like a um, Wolfman type type um, um, humanoid, or not like dog type because that's 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 another <laughs> that's another species called beastkin. Um, um, there's dulahans, which are like these suits of armor with with um, with with heads that that are that they can separate from their bodies. There's um, selfies, which are like these little parasitic creatures or like maybe supposedly symbiotic creatures who can live inside of dead bodies or I should say bodies <laughs> um, there is there is uh, frailings which are like these little people like little six inch tall people um, and yes there's dragons even though they're mostly all dead um, and there's other like really ancient quote unquote immortal creatures um you know, who are kind of like just myth and legends in this world. So <laughs> that's kind of like the setting there, right? And it's it's sort of kind of grim dark in that it's like some dark stuff happens in the book, right? Like people, there's slavery, there's, you know, um, terrible things that happen to people, you know, there's uh, a lot of freaking <laughs> violence, you know, in the world, you know, wars going on everywhere. Um, it's like... 
It's like what Game of Thrones, you know, wishes it could be, you know. <laughs> and it takes like Game of Thrones ideas to the next level. Like in Game of Thrones, you know, your your char- beloved characters can die. That happens almost all the time in The Wandering Inn. Um, there has been some. Well, I'll get to that later, but yeah, like beloved characters can and will die in The Wandering Inn. Um, and there's like a lot of stuff going on, and uh, yeah, so <laughs> vanilla earth people come to this world or find themselves in this world and are trying to, you know, survive essentially. And I do say survive because you know, you're, you're suddenly in this world where you know all these mythical creatures and ideas and magic and all this other stuff exist, and now you have to like be a part of the world you have to fight monsters you have to you know find your way in the world and all this other stuff so it's very interesting um and yeah that's probably like the very very high level synopsis of what this is without any spoilers whatsoever uh okay maybe a little bit of spoilers because the 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 the, the, the creatures I, I listed but um yeah that's probably like the the high level synopsis right if you get a little bit further in it's called the Wandering Inn because the one of the main characters, or maybe you can arguably say the main character, um, is is goes by the name of Aaron. She's a girl, was she nineteen to twenty, twenty one, um, so young woman ish age, you know. Um, she finds herself in this in this area of the world called uh, Liskor. Um, how do you even say that? Is it? I never even said that word out loud. Liskor, <laughs> even though I've read it so many times, it's like the 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 <laughs> the central place. Um, but yeah, Liskor is in this place called the uh, the flooded uh, um, valley. Um, I may have been saying that wrong, but um, yeah, this area is like in this the continent of Israel, Israel, is Israel, I Z R I L. Um, and it's in the part that's on the on the southern side of this continent, which is mostly uh, populated by drakes and gnolls. And on the northern half of the continent is, is populated mostly by humans. And so she finds herself in this southern area, this borderline southern area. So there's mostly drakes and gnolls, but there's, there's still still some humans in there too. But she's like kind of a minority in this area. And she she finds herself here, and she finds herself in this in this inn. And um, the story basically starts off with her, you know, um, running from a dragon and, or as, as she thought to be a dragon or whatever. <laughs> um, and she finds herself in this inn and then she finds herself fighting some goblins, um, and eventually befriending goblins. Um, and this is minor spoilers, but it's pretty much early, very, very early on in the, in the story, um fighting these goblins and then eventually befriends uh, some of the goblins which is very interesting because you know many many games and stories and stuff like that goblins are just monsters right but what's interesting here and it's, it's kind of like a through line throughout the entire book entire entire story is the idea of like who's a monster like what is a monster right um and kind of what what it means to be accepting and not and, and be open-minded and all this other stuff so she befriends this this one of the the goblins from the flooded water tribe of you know this that's the kind of tribal goblins that attacked her um she killed like the the, the chieftain 
with like a pot of water or some shit like that. <laughs> I forget. It's, it's been a long time since I read the beginning. Um, and she she ends up befriending one of the uh, one of the children of the goblins um, by the name of Rags. Um, and uh, I don't remember if she gave her that name or Rags had that name. I don't remember anymore. But yeah, ended up befriending that that goblin and ended up basically turning this in into her own like our or yeah it 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 was an abandoned inn but she basically revamped it and stuff like that um i'm not going to rehash the whole story but basically that's how it starts more or less and throughout her time she befriends like almost every pretty much every creature that you can think of or at least any you know most of these sentient species in there you know there's um antinium i forgot them amazing folks I, I love the species for the most part but the antinium um are basically giant ant people <laughs> and they're you know seen as like these monsters again right because they came over from one of the other continents across the waters across the ocean and basically was like laying siege to the land and there was like this huge war that was going on and they were fighting you know um, the drakes and the gnolls were fighting the, the ants the, the antinium but you know this story takes place like 10 years after that fight one of the and the or all the the hives really the the leftover hives that were that made it across the ocean and fought and all this other stuff they basically re- reached a sort of ceasefire if you will um and one of the hives called the free antinium um or the free hive or whatever um lives under liscor lives under the city you know underground and um, she ended up, you know, befriending some of the folks from here, uh, from there. Um, she befriends some goblins, befriends, you know, freaking necromancers, which is this the one necromancer by the name of Pisces. He's a freaking, I, I, I really like his character. Really, really cool character. Um, he has his whole backstory. This, what's, what's so cool about this, and this is why I really love web fictions, um, especially really good ones, is that is because of the world building you know me i love world building and this book has some of the best world building ever right of ever any book you can think of right and a big reason for that is simply because of the length right <laughs> because you can like this this book it's, it's i told you how long it is that's that's why the prologue the preamble was so important to an extent like i'm good i'm actually glad i did spend all the time saying all that because you can you can imagine now why <laughs> you know this book has the most world building because they can spend a whole chapter just talking about all these the history and the every continent and multiple characters and everything like that so there's so many characters that you know they're like almost their entire life right and most books you read you never really get that you might get like a high level idea of their life and everything like that but throughout as you read this book you get to know so many characters and so many places and so many times and it's it's just so beautiful so amazing so so immersive right and it's and it's, and it's uh, uh, you can really get into it i tell you man but anyways yeah so the wandering inn essentially becomes this like this meeting place this this like central place for not only um aaron and her you know antics but also kind of chaos right because what's so interesting about this this book this series this this story is that it's a story of stories it's a it's a kind of meta story right and by that i mean and this is something i've noticed too with a lot of really good um uh 
web fictions nowadays is that they tend to focus on stories, right? On meta stories. And let me break that down before I go back into Wandering In because this is very important. If, if, if you're a reader like me, if you've read hundreds, if not thousands of stories of mostly fiction books, then you, you probably have seen how, you know, unfortunately formulaic things are. Um, and just because something is formulaic doesn't mean it's bad necessarily, but it does become easy to predict what's going to happen in the story because, you know, they all have the same story beats, right? It's similar to watching, you know, like a Marvel movie. Any Like you can tell what's going to happen because they have the same beats. To the same, to, to a similar extent, you have a similar uh, problem with pretty much all of all of storytelling, right? Any fiction story, and even any real story, because a lot of the fiction stories are based on real, real life stories and based on real life patterns, right? You know, the 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 hero's journey, for instance, right? That idea, that concept of how storytelling works has been just 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 punched to death <laughs> at least it seems like it right if you read enough books right you can you can from the first chapter you can almost tell how a story is going to lay out and the the fun there therefore becomes not necessarily in being surprised of how it's going to end but in how they how the 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 writers you know cr- bring you along for the ride right like the, the types of things that they make you think about, the, the types of feelings they have you feel, right? That becomes the, the, the most important part. And for me personally, like, I actually really enjoy uh, mm-hmm. um, happy stories. Like, I don't really like stories that everybody dies and it's all terrible and have a terrible ending and all that. Like, I, I don't believe that that makes a good story just because it's, it's not, you know, not happily ever after. I actually really enjoy happily ever after stories and I prefer them, (laughs) right? Because that's the type of life I want to create, right? I want to create a happily ever life. But that comes with a huge caveat that it's meaningful, right? That it makes sense how that life was created and it doesn't leave, it doesn't leave a whole bunch of, you know, um, how can I say this? Like, whole bunch of bullshit open right like in a lot of happily ever after stories you have this (laughs) thing where you have this feeling that that not everything is actually okay like they just kind of put a bow on things but there's a whole lot of other storylines that still you know are unsolved or problems that haven't actually been solved right you kind of just have the gesture of like oh yeah it'll be solved right but they don't really explain how it's going to be solved and what that looks like and what will come of it, right? And this is this is it's, it's understandable it's understandable why because, you know, most stories are only, you know, x amount of pages long, x amount of words long, right? They they can't spend all that time, you know, um filling every single thing out. But me as a as a world builder and as somebody who wants to build a better world, I want to see those details because I want more and more and more and more examples of what to do and what not to do, how you might do it and all this other stuff. That's why I really enjoy reading primarily fictional books, right? Because, you know, real, you know, nonfiction books bore me, right? <laughs> you know, this usually talking about the same old things that I have experienced or seen in real life, right? Like it's it doesn't really there's not much there I can learn, but. When I read fiction books, really good fiction books, because they're in worlds that are so different from ours, it inherently has things that you never really thought about, 
right? Like, you know, how would uh, dragons, you know, live and things like that? It's because of that that I can understand the idea of immortality, for instance. Like, I, I had a whole podcast before talking about why I think the idea of immortality being boring or whatever is, is this dumb trope. It's primary, I know that because I've read hundreds of books about that topic right like you know i'm not just pulling it out of my ass and through those hundreds of books i essentially you know crowdfunded the 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 thoughts and opinions and ideas of tons of dozens if not hundreds of other people right and a whole bunch, countless other stories within those stories that they've tell that they, that they told all that to say that when i say this story is a meta story right it's a story of stories what I mean to say that is that they take concepts that you've heard about before, you know, the um, the the shining knight, the the evil necromancer, the the you know, uh, monstrous goblins, you know, the um, the magician, the you know, the all these other stuff, any pretty much story you can think of in the, in the fantasy realm, and even some in the sci-fi realm and urban fantasy and all this other stuff, right? All these stories you can think about, they are in this book, some way somehow. Right. And they it's even a, it's, it's it's what's so interesting is that it's kind of like a part of the plot. Right. It becomes a part of the the mechanism for the world, for how the world works. Right. So, for instance, um, again, this is going to get into spoilers. Right. We're going to we're going to go straight into spoiler realm. Right. Because in order to explain what I mean by this, you have to, like, understand the, the, the plot points in this book, in this story. I keep saying book, but it's, it's a fucking book of books. It's a, it's a story. It's, it's not even the finished book, right? <laughs> I think they release some books, uh, like each volume they release a, a couple of the books, but there's like already like I told you, like you know, six or seven or eight out there or whatever. I don't know. It's a lot. So, anyways, one example of this is um, one of the other, you can say, main characters um, by the name of Ryoka. Right? Ryoka is an interesting character because she's like. Where let me let me take it back 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 up a second actually let me describe these characters I'm not a big character person but in here I actually really do care about the characters because it's, it's they're amazing like they 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 tend to put like character character building alongside world building I think that's very rare in many stories you get really good characters or really good world building but you rarely ever get a good confluence of both right but this story it's a good confluence of both so let me let me explain a little bit Aaron is a really is a, is a character who's, like I said, she's a young girl, young woman, and she's a chess prodigy, right? So she's really, really good at chess. In the, in the vanilla world, see, you don't learn this until later on, but she was basically one of the, you know, she was, she was a really good champion. She wasn't like the best in the world, but she was able to beat a lot of people, right? She was up there, you know, um, on some sort of pro level, she was able to beat some competitions and all this other stuff at an early age, right? So she's a, a chess prodigy. But she's also very freaking airheaded, which is so funny. Like, you don't really think about that as, a, as someone who's a, you know, a chess prodigy, like an airhead. And what I mean by that is, like, she can, she can seemingly, like, be clueless about situations, right? Like, she would walk into a store and be like, oh, what's this? This is cool. Let me take that and just walk away. Like, it's not like she's trying to steal. It's just she's not even thinking about, oh, I have to pay for this because this is the real world and they have gold. 
right? <laughs> you know, she might have, uh, she, because she, she's thinking, oh, they don't use cash money, then maybe they don't care about money. But no, they do care about money. They just have gold. She just doesn't know how to get gold. She just doesn't think about it, right? <laughs> so she's like, oh, wait, I didn't try to steal it. I'm just, you know, <laughs> I didn't know you uh, about this gold or whatever. And I don't, I don't remember if that is even a specific situation. It's probably not. Um, but it's similar-ish to the types of things that she does, right? Um, like she would, you know, walk into a situation, just do some dumb shit. But at the same time, there's like some clever shit in there too. Like there's some clever, you know, little little things she does. Like especially when it comes to to like understanding people, right? Like for her end, she might have like these these super famous gold rank or even named rank adventures right adventurers and yeah in this story they have this world they have uh, these, these these um they have adventurers right like people who go on adventure dungeon crawl and all this other things and they have rankings they have bronze at the bottom you have silver ranking then you have gold ranking and above that you have named rank um people who are like like you know their name because they're so renowned right and she can have people on that level who like are like the the most famous people in the world come into the inn and she's like hey who what's up you know what you want to eat you know she she's just very casual with them stuff like that um and uh, yes uh, some of that can be chalked up to the fact that she's from earth like she doesn't know anything about you know this world but also it's just her personality right like the way she treats people she doesn't really not that she's disrespectful, but she doesn't necessarily kiss ass to to a lot of people, right? <laughs> to most people, um, even when it's probably warranted, right? Like this name rank adventurer just walked in, or this, you know, this this uh, chief strategist, you know, the uh, you know highest ranking individual in this whole city walks in or whatever, and she's like, "Hey, what, what's up?" <laughs> right? Um, so yeah, she's very casual, very airheaded, um, also a chess prodigy. Um, very naive, but also very clever. It's, it's a very interesting character, you know, that she has. Um, and she's very likable, right? Like a lot of people like talking with her and like, you know, um, being with her and stuff like that. And she, she can make friends very, very easily, um, it seems. And so, yeah, her, her character is very intertwined with, with how the world, especially around that area, becomes so um interesting right <laughs> where there's very there's a lot of chaos that happens like these monster raids and this you know uh crazy you know battles between people but also a lot of alliances like that you would never expect right where you know people from all across different species and different places from around the world and all this other stuff are meeting with each other and befriending each other thanks to the fact that she can make friends right like she has a sign in her end that says no killing goblins, which is, you know, unheard of in this world. Well, not really unheard of, to be honest with you. There's other folks. There's, there's other stories around that, which I get to. But um, the fact that she's like capping for these goblins is like, you know, they're, they're people, you know. <laughs> um, and she gets people to treat goblins as people, which is which is amazing. Because um, in, in other parts of the world even in that area they would downright just slaughter a whole family of goblins or kids and all just slaughter them take their ears and turn them in for 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 copper (laughs) not even gold for copper half the time but anyways um go just goes to show you how like the characters intertwine with the world right and on the other hand you have ryoka who is like this this angsty angry 
I'm going to say teenager, but she's not. She's probably like 20, 21, 22 or something like that. Um, but she feels like her. And same thing with Aaron. Like, they feel like teenagers <laughs> a lot of the time. But they're a little, they're like early 20s. Um, or maybe they were they were going between, I don't know. Again, I've been reading this for so long. But anyways, they're, they're fairly young anyways. Um, but Ryoka feels very angsty, very angry. She is very anxious, very... Uh, she has social anxiety and all this other stuff. She, um, she gets angry very, very quickly, you know. Um, but she also is like fiercely protective, and um, and she's also like has this hero complex where she sees something that has to, you know, that that is not right, and she she goes in and tries to fix it, even though she might do so terribly. You know, Aaron might do the same thing, all right. But Aaron might might do so in a very well. How do I put this? Because it's not it's not a diplomatic way. Like Aaron's very direct too, but whereas Aaron might use like soft power in a way, um, Ryoka might try to try to punch somebody. Like <laughs> you know, which is funny because Ryoka um, takes doesn't take a class, you know, which is again this is an RPG type of world. So everybody in this world, or almost everybody, a lot of people in this world have classes, right? That's the norm. Everybody has a class or multiple classes, right? And you level up. Um, in those classes, which is crazy because it, it feels very game-like, right? See, it feels like, oh, it's just a game. But in this world, it's it's just real. It's just reality, right? It's just how the world works. You you, you get classes, you level up, you get skills and all this other stuff. Um, usually when you sleep, you know, you, you level up uh, if, you, if you've done something to, to, to get enough experience or whatever to level up your class or get a new class or whatever, right? But almost everybody has classes and Ryoka, for some reason, is like, no, I'm not going to get a class. So she has like walk around with like no classes and yet has this she she has uh mixed martial arts skills from um from Earth and she ends up in so many situations where it's just unbelievable, but also believable. And this is why going back to the meta stories, right? Because Ryoka as a character tends to know a whole lot of stories, right? For like she was as much as she was like a I think she was like a spoiled rich kid or whatever and she hated her parents and she would she would go out and like run away but she would also like read stories on her own time right so her backstory is like she she just knows a lot of stories like you know stories about fairies about dragons about king Arthur, about all these things right and that comes into play because like uh for instance in this one time there's there's a there's a uh a, a, during the winter right um there's like these sprite these winter sprites come you know and most people they don't really even recognize this in this world like as as these as winter sprites it's just it's just winter snow's coming whatever but ryoka is like here is like laughter in the in the in the in the snow and she realizes that they're winter sprite or, or actually i think no i think many people realize that they were winter sprites but they think that it's just, it's just like some some little you know fun little thing or not even fun but like they they the people in this world know winter sprites as like almost like pixie dust like pixies or like like things that that you don't really communicate with that are barely that not really sentient or anything like that they're just kind of like a, a part of the magic right of the world um but she is realizes that no these winter sprites are fairies they're, they're like you can talk to them you know they, they have like their own personalities and she realizes she be well she befriends one named evelith and 
um, she realizes that these fairies are like basically immortal creatures, right? Like they're not even from this world. They, they themselves are from another world. And, you know, so she gets to know them and she does so through her own knowledge of stories of like, of like, um, you know, uh, the, what do you call it? Um, damn, I forgot the exact phrase, but basically hospitality, right? Of, of, of like, if you give, you know, fairies something, you know, these, these sorts of things, they, they have to listen to you or whatever because the hospitality and all this other stuff or like the, the um, reciprocity, right? You give a gift and get a gift, stuff like that, right? Like these these types of fables or stories or or like um, I don't know what you call those things, but like you know these, these these types of things that these myths, I suppose, right? That she's able to communicate with, right? Another example of this is she she ends up talking with a dragon, <laughs> right? And she she basically becomes friends with this dragon because she's able to like you know um, communicate, uh, understand or a little bit of their like the the what they might be feeling as an immortal creature because you know from earth if you read enough books about immortality and dragons and stuff you can understand what the dragon is talking about even though most people are like what the hell are you talking about <laughs> they'll just be scared because it's a dragon they think it's going to eat them <laughs> right um but yeah all that to say is that like she uses her understanding of stories to befriend these immortal creatures and these you know and get herself into all these situations and um and that's just that's just one side of a very literal use case of stories in this in, the, in this story. Another example of this is is um, the way in which levels work. Right? They still haven't really fully explained this, but you kind of you kind of like are are understanding what's going on, or you kind of have to extrapolate what's going on, piece together what's going on. Right? It seems, and again, this is going super spoilers, super spoilers. So uh, watch out here. Um, but it seems like this, these levels were probably created or given by some kind of God. And what's interesting is that in this story, and you learn this in the very beginning, is the, the gods are dead, right? Everybody says, oh, you know, when they curse, they don't say, oh, my God, they say, oh, dead gods, right? <laughs> you know, um, that's like a, you know, a common epithet. Um, and, and it gets to the point where we realize most people can't even say God. They can't even understand that word without the epithet dead gods, right? They can't actually hear or understand the word God and, and, and things that relate to that, right? So there seems to be some some kookiness going on with this, <laughs> with this idea here, right? And so that's one of the reasons why Ryoka kind of, you know, refuses a class because she realizes and she also gets this confirmation from the from Ivalith, the fairies, that there's there's something is taking taken from you when you when you when you when you're given a class right if you accept if you take a class you're you're giving something of yourself to something out there and it's not clear what it is yet they haven't really explained that yet but you have the idea that these gods probably are taking something from people um in some way or, or something there's something mysterious going on here right and what's really interesting about this is that there's um and this is this is really this is really visualized or this is really you know becomes apparent when when the witches are introduced right which is there, there's a class of people or witches and they have a specific type of magic that um is very lore based essentially right um oftentimes and that they use like similar to the fairies like they use a type of you know deep 
understanding of the world and of stories and, and things like that to to get their way right to make their magic even more powerful than it seems like like right like like the idea of um a health potion right there are there are actual health potions in this world like you could just there's alchemy and you can make a health potion but the witches may be able to create some sort of you know um calendar, uh, a soup of health or whatever that feel that that even that that will feel even more healthy and is and it uses none of the health potion alchemy right it, it basically seems like random stuff it's just oh yeah the the happiness of this person and the the love of here and the the grounding of the earth and you know you stir all this up in the cauldron and you get uh, health or whatever right that's just a random example but it gives you like the idea here right like they take the the, the idea of of things like the concepts of things um to create an effect right and similarly what you see throughout the story is that you have certain characters or certain plots certain um events that happen that seem themselves to be enacting a sort of story right like the idea of you know like the concept of you know an adventure dungeon delving into a dungeon and then something bad happens right and then they have to fight their way out of the dungeon in order to, you know, escape. And if they escape, they get the loot. If they don't, they all die, right? That's a story. That's a common story, right? And you see that playing out in these stories. It's not just, it's not like, it's not just a literal story. It's the, it's the metaphysical story, right? Like there's elements of it playing out where, you know, a, an event happens and yet something bad happens. And then something even worse happens because of that, right? It, it, I'm probably not even explaining it well But the, the reason why I find it so interesting and fascinating Is that not everybody catches this when they're reading right? I like, to, I like to read through the comments And something I often see is like Oh, Aaron or Ryoko or whatever They have the plot armor or whatever And in a typical story You know, you, might, you probably can make that argument of Like, oh yeah, plot armor and stuff like that but because this story, and I see this in, in a couple other stories too, like Practical Guide to Evil, even Worm and stuff like that. These are other web fictions who kind of use meta story, metaphysical stories and stuff like that as well. But especially in this story, they, 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 the author painstakingly shows you almost pretty much every single choice they make and why they made it. And it makes sense, right? Like plot armor is often like, oh, it doesn't really make sense why this person, you know, was saved in this moment. Like it, it, it seemed like everything should have, you know, said that they, they would not have been saved. And then some deusix machina comes, some little thing that, that that was never mentioned before in the story or was never really detailed in the story. Just just saves the day. And this story that seems to happen, but it really doesn't. Because when you think something comes out of nowhere, you realize that it was actually connected, right, in a very interesting way. Like that she she made, you know, like for instance, Aaron would make a a friend with the Intinium, you know, and the Intinium would be, would be super thankful for it, and you know they will go off and do their own thing. And then later on, you know, she would be in the, you know, there's these things come out the dungeon and everything like that. She's holding him off and all this other stuff. And just when it seems like everybody's going to die, the Intinium come again and, like, you know, save the day, essentially. Right? That might seem like it has plot armor or a deuce ex machina or whatever. But it's not. It's obviously not if you're actually reading the story. Because you realize, oh, she made connections with the ants. The ants don't want her to die. They, they feel connected and all this other stuff. And they come and help, you know, save the day. 
right? It's, it's events like that where you realize that this author is not just writing a story. It's not just, you know, using the typical plot elements and, and, and kind of story beats to, um, you know, write a typical story. They're also using like the story of stories, like a, a metaphysical story, like a, you know, like I said, a meta story in order to use that as a plot in and of itself, right? It's so... It's so fucking genius. Like, <laughs> I always, I, this is what really, you know, excites me about this story because it shows how you can use, you know, concepts that you've, that are fairly formulaic, but in a very new and interesting way, right? For It could be, it can even be using like the same, for, the for, uh, uh, a common formula for the same formula, but in a in a way that makes like the formula the, the the application of that formula so so much more interesting and so much more engaging i'm not sure if i made any sense with that at all but <laughs> oh, nonetheless it is a fascinating fascinating story and there's so many examples of of like really interesting elements to this and sometimes it frustrates me because i'm like reading the the uh comments and like oh this doesn't make sense or whatever i'm like you literally didn't read that because it, it i i can point to you in the story where where yes this does make sense where, where those connections were drawn and stuff like that right and it feels like a lot of people just kind of fly through the story um not really fully engaging with the content right there there's literally people in the comments who would skip entire chapters because they don't like you know that it's not talking about the main character anymore right and they go back and and, and complain oh this doesn't make sense right like there's one for a long time there's uh like in the beginning of the the story that like there's there's whole chapter arcs that go into a whole different continent right where none of the same characters, right? There's like this one character called King of Dest- the the King of Destruction. He's a you know actual character in, in the, from the world, from not from Earth, but you know from this world um, in the book. And you know he he's in a continent called Ch- Chandra, Chandra, Chandra. I don't even say that. <laughs> it makes sense in the book. Like in my head, when I read, when I look at the letters, I'm just like, oh yeah, that makes sense. I don't like I, I understand how to pronounce that, but now when I'm saying it with my mouth, I'm just like I don't know how to pronounce that. C H A N D R A R, and it's like this desert country, continent, um, and a lot of people don't like that story. They don't like that 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 a uh, whole side plot, and they're like, oh, I don't care about this, and they just skip. They they like, oh, I skipped this chapter, or I just flew through this chapter, whatever. And then later on, <laughs> a huge part of the plot hinges upon your understanding of this continent and its and its inner workings right because it becomes a major plot point <laughs> and now people are like i don't get it i'm like this see this is what happens right <laughs> like you have to read you have to like engage with all the little elements that they're that they're telling in this story and don't get me wrong there's plenty of areas plenty of plot points and characters and things like that that i do not like like i feel like oh that could have been written better or you know maybe that should have gone the other way or i don't really like you know reading through this part right now but i do it anyways because the author took the time and they say it at the end of every chapter i'm so fucking tired i'm so tired i'm so tired <laughs> like i understand why like they take the time to write all these words and to craft this amazing world and story and characters 
And so, yeah, the least I can do is take my time reading, right? Like, and really understand and appreciate what they're writing about, right? Like, it's, it's, it's really, it's just that good, you know? It's that good. Doesn't matter how long the story is, keep, keep reading it, right? If you like reading, <laughs> keep reading, because it really is fantastic. Oh, but yeah, I got to end it here. Um, cause it's, I'm almost at an hour and I have to, my hands are freaking freezing out here. It's still cold. It's still 50 degrees out, which is too cold for me. 20, 20, 30 degrees too cold for me. <laughs> and I, I, I do want to, uh, get moving on my, on my evening, but, um, I'll probably, you know, do another episode where I'm talking more about this, uh, story probably. But, um, I do want to say that as I end this up, um, I haven't even spoiled. I spoiled some stuff, but I haven't even spoiled nowhere near the good stuff, right? Like it's there's so many, so much amazing stuff going on, and I'm like, I I I really want to dive back in, but I told myself I'm not gonna I'm not gonna read again until I at least I I put out the next newsletter <laughs> that I want to put out. Maybe the next two newsletters. Like give myself some space, but um, yeah, I do want to say that um what has really inspired me about this story too it has really inspired me to want to write um or create worlds and stories that are more anarchistic right like i've I talked about this before but reading this has really made me excited about the idea of of being super detailed about what an anarchist world would look like like not any, not just a regular anarchist world like an hour but like our anarchist fantasy world anarchist sci-fi world like i am super excited to do that level of world building and character building and plot building that that she has done um in the wandering inn but in like an anarchist you know techno futurist or you know anarchist fantasy type of world like that idea is just fascinating to me and i've, I've been dabbling here and there about like i've been jotting down some ideas and i probably won't write anything like this anytime soon but I have been thinking about like little games and 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 like um I don't know, mini worlds that I I might be able to create in the meantime to get to that point. Like I'm probably going to create something that and that's something I want to do this year really is is create little pieces of the bigger picture stuff that I want to create, right? Like I want to create like a mini game that is one piece of like one of the larger games that I want to create in a couple decades time like <laughs> every year i want to release like a a small part of the larger visions that i have and so i hope that will help me to both create more stuff and build more stuff but also like learn how to create something that ambitious because that's a big problem that i have is like you know i have i have ambitions of wanting to create something like this but i don't know how to start because <laughs> it's so it's so big and i'm not i'm not sure if pirate has written other stuff before this point I, i'm not i'm not sure maybe so maybe not because you can definitely tell they they themselves have grown a lot as an as a writer since the first couple chapters since the, since their first volumes or so um but me, I don't, even though I really enjoy reading, I don't enjoy writing as much. So I honestly probably won't write a story like this, um, at least not anytime soon. I just, I just don't enjoy writing that much to, to do that. But uh, um, 
I do want to write like little little pieces of a story. So <laughs> I don't know. We'll we'll see where it goes. Um, and either way, I really like um, how this makes me think about you know what's possible in storytelling. All right, this really makes me think about you know the the possibilities of being able to write something that's so intricate and so interconnected that you can go anywhere and still like you know create this amazing picture this amazing tapestry so yeah um that's it for now as always thanks for listening um thanks for thinking with me go check out the book if you want or the story the the whatever they have (laughs) um some volumes out on amazon um they have some some uh what do you call it the the audiobooks and stuff like that or go check out on their website yeah thanks have a great day bye